see it, I'm a bad sport I don't play soccer but I shoot and score Never half-hearted, no remorse Can't take a loss, yeah, I'm a bad sport I don't play soccer but I shoot and score No effect, they know I do it all day They know I do it all day No effect, they know I do it all day They know I do it all day No effect, they know I do it all day They know I do it all day No effect, they know I do it all day They know I do it all day No effect Welcome back to the Benchwarmers. My name is Sean, and like always, I'm joined by my good mate, Matt Storky. Stork, the podcast has hit 30 episodes. Storky, we've hit the dirty 30. How are you, mate? Oh, great, mate. Feeling pretty good. Had a good weekend. You know, some um, good footy. The NFL, you know, my Falcons got up over Lincoln's Giants, which is always, you know, pretty nice to rub it in there. Yeah, you won't like that. um, no, and also got to help out a uh, budding new YouTuber, my son Noah, my 10-year-old son Noah. Uh, if you want to check it out, he's under the name Storky Boy. Just the gaming stuff, you know how you know how it is, Sean. You've got kids, yeah. They like to do the gaming walkthroughs and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Give it a shout out and give us a listen. But um, something else I wanted to give a shout out. Something that all of everybody should know about out there mm. is our competition we've got running. It's One week to, to go. An One yes. week, yes. It's starting to come to an end. So um, you've still got time though. So if you want to get on board, three simple things you have to do: like our Facebook page like our or follow our instagram page um subscribe to our youtube page which is very important I've that's the big some one people, yep yeah a lot of people have been liking the pages which is great but hasn't been subscribing so you make mm. sure you subscribe to the youtube page very very important you're missing just, the important bit yeah and give us a share as well so yeah next week yes and also we we need to um touch up again on the, the big walk we're doing, Storky, well, you know, not the big walk that we're doing. We're only doing one kilometre of the 150-kilometre trek. You can see the image here next to me. Um, we're going to be joined by a, a tonne of Newcastle celebrities, um, other podcasts jumping on board, what's new in the castle. Those boys will be doing it with us. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be dressed head-to-toe in pink. I'm going to going to dye the old mullet pink and be donning the the Knights women in the league jersey. It's it's going to be great. Um, also, you can donate to our, um, our McGrath Foundation um, page, which the link, I believe, is still in our Instagram, um, and we'll put it up on Facebook again. But that should be great fun, Storky. Oh, it's going to be a great day, you know, one kilometre. You know, I'm sure even with our fitness levels, we'll be able to do that one kilometre. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. Just, uh, yeah, just lots of water and lots of deep breaths. Exactly. Uh, but uh, let's get in and start talking about some of the footy from the weekend. And there were some good games. So first yes. off, let's have a look at the Rabbitohs Manly game. So the Rabbitohs won over Manly 36-16 to 16 in front of 26,249 people at Suncorp Stadium on Friday night. So that was a good crowd, 26,000 yeah, up was, there. I was, I was about to say, how good is it to have decent numbers at the football again? It's fantastic. Yeah, atmosphere was awesome. But uh, the Rabbitohs were fresh from a week off, Storky. Um, they essentially had two weeks of game tapes to study Manly and Turbo and work out how to shut Turbo down while Manly were coming off a big win over the Roosters, Storky. Well, they got off to, um, to a good start, the Rabbitohs, you know, jumped out um, with the Cody Walker try. Yes. You know, it was a bit of a, you know, poverty of errors almost. You know, a lot of the uh, uh, Manly players are fumbling around, you know, like trying pinball. to grab at the ball. Yeah, almost like it was the last pizza pizza. They are all just <laughs> trying to grab at it. 
But um, yeah, Cody Walker went in for the nice first try to get the um gets the scoreboard off and running. Yeah, but look, it was very nice by by gags. Um, not saying that it, it was nice as in it was crisp, like you said, it was it was it was basically pinball. But just his vision to put in that little kick, um, it touched everyone. Then he kind of gave it that little bat back, and like you said, Walker's fallen over for the first try. But look. I want to talk about um I want to talk about the Sean Kepi incident. Kepi was knocked out cold. I don't don't know if you saw it, um, but he was knocked out cold. Now last week the the Panthers were fined for stopping play, but I just want to make it clear that they stopped it stopped play from the sideline. So basically, there's a player injured on the field. The trainer was on the sideline and said stop play. I haven't even examined him. Don't even know what's wrong, but we're going to stop the play. So that's why they were fined. But this time, play was allowed to go on. So play's gone on. Um, Kepi's eventually got to his feet, stumbles back into the defensive line, and then finds, him, finds himself trying to save a try. I want to know where the player welfare is in that. There, there is no player welfare there. The bunker's done nothing. The bunker hasn't gone, hey, this guy's been knocked out cold. Now he's stumbling around, getting into the defensive line, could hurt himself more. Um yeah, where's the duty of care to the players there? It's just another part of the inconsistencies in the game that we often talk about and a lot of other people often bring up. You know, mm. you saw poor mate, you know, Kepi, you know, getting back into the line. It was almost you could see the Tweety Birds and the stars <laughs> going around his head. He, he wasn't okay. No. So for him to, you know, have to back up and try and be in the defensive line, you know, it's, yeah, that wasn't called for. So major oversight, well, I'd like to think it was an oversight. A lot they didn't notice yeah. and just keep playing on anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one. But um wasn't long after that, South, you know, went in for three unanswered tries on the back of Alex Johnson, Cody Walker, and Jackson Paulo. Um, that was actually Alex Johnson's 28th try for the year. Wow. So that's that's a pretty bloody big effort. That's a huge effort. And look, I don't want to take anything away from um from from Johnson or Paulo's try. Um, but Cody Walker's try, that was a thing of beauty. Um, and mainly because of, of Cook. I don't know if you if you saw it. You probably would have saw it. But Cook's yeah. caught the ball, and he's facing his own goal, uh, goal line when he catches that ball. And he turns around, um, beats a player, and then just, yeah, I just if, – if Cook didn't do so well in that situation, they don't score there. So I have to I have to take my hat off to Cook for that one. Yeah, he's such a good player, Cook. I think he's um, – he's... I was going to say he's reminiscent of um, you know the machine that we have at Newey, but <laughs> yeah. obviously he's older, so it'd be, and the machine's reminiscent of Cook. But yeah, he's just one of those great players you'd love to have at your club. Yeah, exactly. And look, Manly were first to open the scoring in the second half uh, through a Schuster. Uh, that's a fun name to say, isn't it? Schuster. Um, <laughs> no look pass. He does it all the time. I'm not even sure if he passes the ball with his eyes open anymore. Um, to me, he has to be the best in the comp at it. Uh, I also thought that that's maybe the start of a comeback at that point. Yeah, it was only like a small fleeting hope of a you know comeback, especially for me being on the uh, Manly yes. bandwagon for this game. But um, yeah, it wasn't long after that that um, you know Graham, you know, Campbell Graham, went in for a try with a nice short ball from Benji Marshall. So yeah, which um, yeah. It was on the back of a, um, a penalty or a mistake. No, a mistake, I believe. It was on the back of a mistake from Manly as well. So a mm. little bit of um, yeah, salt in the wound, that one. Yeah, but look, Graham's try was nice. Um, but what about Paulo's moonwalking? 
Um, to, <laughs> to me, it was a thriller. See what I did there, Storky? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Look, Manly got a couple of late tries, uh, Turbo and Garrick, but Souths threw Johnston for his second try of the night. Yeah, no, before we move, I just want to say that that pun was pretty bad. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, a little bit too little, too late, you know, as um, the famous, you know, pig, porky pig would say, you know, and that was all, folks, and... Um, Manly were gone and the Rabbits were on their way to another grand final. Yes, which is great. Uh, two reasons why I think that's great, Storky, is one, Gags is coming to the Knights. We have a bit, uh, grand final experience, which is always great. He's, he's now got that hunger to get there again. Um, and two, Benji Marshall back in the grand final after 16 years. I think that's great. I actually saw not long before coming on tonight for the podcast that Benji hasn't ruled out playing another season. Now, Ooh, there you go. I, I think a lot of it personally will depend on if he wins or loses. I think if he wins, that's a fairy tale. You know, you just yep. ride off into the sunset. But if they don't win, yeah, he could sign up for another season by the sounds of it. So, mm. And let's have a look. Uh, Penrith won over Melbourne 10 points to six in front of 29,011 people at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Now, I would like to call that game a good battle, but a horrible game. 28 errors, 16 to Melbourne, 12 to the Panthers. Um, Like I was just saying, it was a great battle back and forth all game, but I can't call it a great game just because the errors were so bad. Um, but I, you also do put that down to how good the defense were and how tired the players were for such a battle. So it's a hard one. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, the um, uh, Penrith defense was awesome. Like yeah. any team, you know, that holds um, Melbourne to a score like that was just awesome. And I know most people out there, I know you were one of them because you were on the Melbourne bandwagon. But I yes. think uh, most people were, you know, a bit of the old, um, what do you call it, the lump in the back of the throat, you know, mm. holding on to things. You know, it was an exciting game. It was an exciting game, especially into that second half because you knew that anything could happen. So, Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, Melbourne, like South, were on the back of a uh, week off and Penrith just won over the Eels. Um, was the week off like a bad thing for Melbourne? Like, um. Oh, I think it's a a bad thing for most teams. Like, I feel like the Knights don't do well on the back of a week off. If the Knights are in that situation, I'm shitting myself, to be honest. I I don't like um, those type of situations, but it's the Melbourne Storm. Um, It's Craig Bellamy. Like, they they should know better than to work themselves up over two weeks, to to get too excited, to to play themselves out of the game, essentially. Um, So I can't put they're lost down to the fact that they had a week off because the Rabbitohs had a week off as well, and we know how that turned out. Yeah, it's funny like that with the Knights, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, that's a bit strange having the, having the week off, but yeah. Yeah, and look, finally we saw a 2040. Um, all year we've been saying that why hasn't anyone tried kicking a 40-20, especially when the wind's behind their back? Uh, and here Brendan Smith is accidentally kicking one, and poor old Edwards, he just watches it go over the sideline, clearly doesn't remember the rule or didn't pay any attention to the rule change at all. Um, that was that was strange just watching him do that. Yeah, well, I believe it was a 2040. 
Um, I think you may have said forty twenty, but oh, that's right. You, well, might have, you know what I mean. You might have just you might have just been getting confused like Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't blame him, can you? No. But no, he um. But no, when he realised, I think he was maybe as shocked as the rest of us. You know, he realised he had a little bit of a, a, a bit of a brain fart on that one. But um, you know, can you blame him? But um, no. You know, it was a tough, um, tough afternoon at the office for Melbourne. You know, it was only like eight minutes into the game when they lost Welsh, and then not long after that, they lost Smith. Mm. They're two of the really good players. I know they're stacked, you know, to the brims of good players, but you know, like having Smith like out and like Welsh yeah. too, but having those players out definitely makes a difference to your side. Absolutely, um, they're two very tough, big minute players as well. I would say Welsh is there. He's their captain of the forward pack, essentially. So losing him, you're, you're losing, you're losing that experience uh, to guide your your fellow forwards around. And and Brendan Smith, he plays his ass off all game. Um, he also allows when a player like Harry Grant comes on and Brendan Smith slots into another position, he adds spark there. So there there was spark missed from you know Smith at dummy half early. There was there was spark missed from him in whatever position he was going to go and fill after that. Um, I really feel for those guys. I really feel like, you know, they've been caught up in the cocaine thing um, after the game. But look, yeah, it must mentally be tough for you to prepare yourself for two weeks for this game and to walk off 15 minutes into it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually even know about all that um, cocaine stuff, to be honest. I've, um, but yeah, that's. I don't think it's the last we're going to be hearing about that. No, I don't think so. I think, um, as far as I know, a third player was called to speak to the integrity unit, so it'll be interesting. Now, the Panthers were up 6-0 at halftime, um, and straight after the break, just lapsing concentration from Melbourne. I don't know, but Toto just scored way too easily in the corner. Yeah, I mentioned earlier how good the defense was from Penrose. Like, how often, like, you probably can't even remember, like, how often do, um, you know, Melbourne, you know, the purple people eaters, as um, the commentary said <laughs> on the weekend, which I've never heard them call oh, that I've before, never heard but, that one either. You know, you don't argue with Rabs. He's probably still the best in the game at it. So, yes. But, yeah, when was the last time they got kept scoreless at halftime? Yeah, Mel- Melbourne, like, Melbourne don't fall asleep um, yeah. and just allow that to happen. Yeah, it was crazy. But um, Toho, um, yeah, he was denied previously, I think once or twice for a try. Didn't quite get there a couple mm. of times, so it was good to see him get over. Yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, Pappenhausen, your boy? Yes. Your boy Pappenhausen? Yes. His majestic mullet, mm. mullet flowing in the wind. Uh, went over for a nice try. Uh, the kick Put the kick in by Munster. And to be totally honest, it shouldn't even have been a try. Like There, <laughs> no. was, th- there was three Penrith players there. Well, like, how did they, how yeah. did they not clean that ball up? You know, it's like, yeah. You've sent me a message straight away saying your boy. Um, And I'm sitting there saying the exact same thing as you. The majestic mullet has scored from a Munster. I don't even know what you call that kick. Um, It was like a a little half chip, bit of a stab. It It was horrible. But I'm sitting there saying they've got to check this. Like, I wasn't confident that he'd got that one down. Yeah. Yeah, either was I, to be honest. So it was a good choice to go and check it. But you must have been getting pretty excited, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. That might have been a bit of a bit of a comeback on the cards here. I'm sitting there thinking, here we go. Here comes a comeback. But no, no, um, we, we don't go. That's all she wrote. Ten points to six. The Panthers are off to the grand final. Yeah, it seems, um, seems after a long season, you know, the clouds had cleared. 
the sun was shining and the storm were no more. We were in for a Penrith versus South Rabbits Grand Final. Mm. So on behalf of, I know um, you may not like this, Sean, but on behalf of 95% of NRL fans, I'd just like to take this opportunity to celebrate that Melbourne are not going to be in the Grand Final. So happy dance, happy dance, <laughs> happy dance. I also want to just throw this one out there as well. Um, I was copying shit for, for so long over the weekend because um, I was so confident Manly were going to win. So I'm I'm sitting there, you know, putting on Facebook as a Knights fan. Can't believe I'm saying this, but go Manly. Um, and then the slack I copped after that. Um, and then people were basically saying, who are you tipping tomorrow? Because whoever you're tipping, I'm going to bet for the other team. And I'm sitting there going, Melbourne. Melbourne's going to win. Don't worry about it. And um, yeah, that's the rest is history. Well, we said last week on the show, like we said, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty. I think I said it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty. You know, obviously Melbourne are probably going to be there at the grand final, mm. and um, then we talked about it being a manly best Melbourne grand final. Yeah, and then I even predicted that Melbourne teams. would win. So yeah, I've already so, predicted the winner of the grand final, and both teams lost. So yeah, so that's a bit of a funny <laughs> one. But um, uh, something that wasn't funny. It was nice. It was the Steel City key moment of the week? So the Steel City. Mm. Um, was that pinpoint kick by Cleary? Yes. So, you know, um, uh, went across over to Crichton, you know, had him um, uh, tiptoe on the line, you know, like um, an American breath test, you know, just tiptoed <laughs> all the way down that line, put the ball down and just like pinpoint accuracy, mate, which oh, we're, like, we've, absolutely. Like, we, expect, we expect that from Cleary now. He's just probably one of the best, if not the best at doing it. So, 100%. I was, yeah. um, you know, I've grown up as as everyone has that probably listens to this show um has grown up watching andrew johns but to me that was the nicest kick i've ever seen in my life i don't want to take anything away from anything joey's done but that kick was he had no time he was at dummy half he didn't even look up he's he's picked the ball up turned 90 degrees and just dropped it back down on his foot and like you said pinpoint accuracy to just land it straight in the bread basket um it had me wondering whether or not it was planned because, um, like I said, he d- he didn't even look. So, in case you know, he he may have um, as the player's still on the ground. He hasn't played the ball yet. He's he's seen that Addo Carr's way off his wing in the in his provisional vision, however you say that. Um, unless he's seen it there, um, it, it it to me it would have to be something picked up in game tape. It was too perfect. Yeah, he's just so good at doing it. I don't know whether he uses his chin to like judge for wind, um, wind, wind persistence. He's, he's or whatever got, you call he's got it. spider senses on his yeah, on his all, chin, all, all on his jaw and his chin. I don't know, but he's just, <laughs> he's just so bloody good at doing it, mate. Whatever it is, it, it works. So. Must must have something to do, Storky, with the amount of weight in his chin. It just counteracts his foot perfectly, so he just gets his head over the ball so much nicer than everyone else because his chin just sticks out so far. That's all I can put it down to. Yeah, I think you're onto something. But <laughs> but either way, that is our Steel City key moment of the week. So reward yourself with the Steel City. Also available in the blue can, the Pale Ale. That was a very good Steel City key moment, Storky. I agree with that 100%. Now, look, we're going to throw to the Knighted, and we're going to throw to Lincoln for the last time this year. Um, it's a bit sad, but here it is, the Knighted.
Lincoln. How are you, mate? Boys, how we doing? All right. So what news have you got for us this week? Well, the uh, the big cleanse, mate. The uh, the back office of the Knights. Yeah. Big shuffles, guys. Big shuffles. Excellent, I think. Um, a lot of new faces are going to be coming to the club as of 2022. So we use uh, Scotty Juro, play development manager and head of the um, strength and conditioning. Balen Couples have both been axed from mm. the club. We know Hayden Knowles was coming across to fill that position. Um, even though Balen got a contract extension at the end of last year, he's been paid out. Yeah, you know, we, we know he was under enormous pressure. Um, the Knights, more so than any other club, just the staggering injury toll. So the club have certainly identified this um, in getting Hayden across. And unfortunately for Balin, um, he came across with Nathan Brown, uh, mm. Brownie Brown across 2019. So fortunately, hasn't worked out too well um, with couples there. But and uh, hopefully with Scotty, he can uh, he can move in and hopefully the. Uh, isn't lost to the rugby league world and pick something up somewhere else. So yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully his health's doing doing okay. You know, he had that that run of um, was it brain cancer? He was um struggling with brain cancer there for a while. So um, yeah, hope hopefully this means you know he can focus a bit more on his health and and stuff like that. Certainly, mate. Well, uh, another one, uh, the club doctor Neil Harbin. Now Neil picked a club award a couple of weeks ago during the. Awards night. He's actually been with the club since its inception in 1988. Wow. Believe it or not. So, yeah, certainly got miles of the Yeah. The uh, club will be looking there in the medical department to find a new club doctor after he's resigning. So, I wonder how they find a new club doctor. Do they just um, open the yellow pages and start looking for a GP? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Headhunting a, 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 yeah, someone in the medical field there, mate. So, yeah, on the lookout there. Um, now, another one, Trent Robinson's right-hand man, the analyst himself, Dennis Russell from the Roosters. Yeah, I think is another great appointment, um, certainly coming from a, a winning club. Um, not too sure what an analyst does. I'm, I'm assuming it's something to do with the footage, maybe game review. Yeah. You boys sort of have too much understanding. That, but That's all I can think Roosters. of. Maybe maybe a bit of sports, yeah. sports science, but then that'd be sports science more than analysis, wouldn't it? So... Yeah, I don't know. I have Whatever no idea. he's doing, it's working, mate. Yeah. So he's more than welcome <laughs> at a club. So <laughs> whatever that entails, he can do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, another big one, head of pathways, um, Garth Brennan, the old Titans coach. Now, for all the listeners at home thinking, what the hell is head of pathways? Well, basically, he'll be in charge of really everything from New South Wales Cup down to the under-17s. Mm. So whether that's coaching, talent scouting. So his primary role will be to ensure that all of our young players are going to be NRL ready, which is an absolutely massive job, um, crucial, given the success of the club was basically built upon um, local talent. Yeah, I think we can all agree if, if the Knights are to be a premiership force once again, it's on the back of strong Genius. local talent. Yep. Yeah, so Garth's been brought in for that job. We know he was instrumental in the current uh, Panthers lineup and developing them, so... Certainly another another um, another great get for the club, seeing what he's done with the Panthers and certainly where they are now and, yeah, the hand he had there. Mm. So another one, uh, as we know, Anthony Seabold has uh, code switched. He'll be going across to English rugby, getting ready for the World Cup. Now, the club has come out and said they're not going to replace Anthony. Now, I know he copped off a fair bit of slack. You know, he's obviously a controversial figure 
rugby league with his time at the uh, Broncos. But I certainly think he did a great job with us. We did know he came across initially um, as an advisor, but sort of shifted into a more of a hands hands on role and looking more into our defence and. I certainly think without his input, um, it was basically a defence that got us into the eight. It certainly wasn't our yeah, attack. Yeah, spot on. Yep. So, um, interestingly enough, um, as far as the assistant coaching ranks, this isn't going to change too much with uh, Willie Peters, Rory Cost, Jason, Eric Smith, and the inclusion of Blake Green as a halves coach, mm. um, which I think is pretty interesting given how awful um, offensively we were with the ball. I, I really thought... Um, possibly Willie Peters might have been on the outer. Um, yep. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you boys think? I know there was a couple of other names floated by that, that we sort of didn't didn't get a look at. So Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've been saying it um, for weeks now that, you know, Anthony was the, the scapegoat and it just felt like they were always going to use Anthony as the scapegoat where I, I've been saying that I believe our problem is Willie Peters. You look at our attack, we're the second worst in the league. Clearly there's something wrong. He's the man in charge. Um, at some stage you've got to say you're responsible. Like, yes, I know our spine hasn't been on the field, um, but no matter who's on the field, they answer to Willie Peters in attack. So it, it, it can't just be our spine. It can't just be the injuries. You have to start looking at who your attacking coach is. Willie Peters is our attacking coach, and it's been horrible. So to me, um, it's a it's a slap in the face to fans to say, hey, we know we've had horrible um, attack all year, but don't worry. We're not doing anything about it. We're going to keep the exact same personnel. It's, it's a slap in the face to us, I believe. Yeah, it is. It is. And Seabold, like you said, has his um, detractors, you know, and, the, you know, the Brisbane, you know, did so much better after he left. Mm. Not really. Um, <laughs> but so it's, yeah, I, I agree. I just think um, something has to change. Something like second worst, as you mentioned, second worst in the NRL for attack. That's atrocious. Yeah. Like, really, that's terrible. So something has to change. It can't be all, like you said, because of their spine not being on the field. You know, they were on for a few games together and we didn't look magical or fantastic when they were on no. the field together. So, yeah, something has to change. Yeah, no, look, I, I totally agree with you, Sean. I really think um, we're far too reliant on Caelan Ponger. I really think it, it's pretty evident with, say, someone like Bradman Best, um, certainly not getting the best out of a player like that offensively. I really think maybe a shake-up in the ranks would certainly bring out his potential and maybe just um, someone who thinks outside the box a little bit and, unlock um, a, a player of his potential. Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed we didn't we didn't look elsewhere to maybe uh, spark a little bit more and attack. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, I think that was much better news than what you normally drop on us. Um, the injury stick, obviously no games. No one's been hit with an injury stick. None of our players have been caught up in the cocaine scandals lately. Um, no. So I, I, I think that was good news. <laughs> it is, mate, and I can't wait. What do you got? Um, Willie Peters is a special guest next week, so that should be uh, that should be good. <laughs> no, we we do have a special guest, but it's uh, not Willie Peters. I'll tell you that much. But you're also going to be a special guest with us next week, um, doing the review of the grand final match. I'm looking forward to that one. Should be a doozy, mate. I didn't tip either of these teams to win last week. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, that's I true. It's a good game, mate. Anyway, thank you very much for that, mate. All right, boys. Are you ready? Something a little bit different. Something a little bit different.
Okay, Sean, so something a little bit different this week. So with the grand final coming up, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that you always hear talked about and it's something that I've thought about a bit as well. You know, I know they've moved the grand, everyone knows, they've moved the grand final to the night time now. Yep. Um, I think a lot of it um, has to do with like, you know, the broadcasting and things like that. There's a lot of money in having it over night time. It's a bit more of a bigger spectacle and things like that maybe. But people like myself kind of miss the afternoon game. So we put we put the shout out there um, up online at all the night socials to make get a vibe. Do you prefer the afternoon um, old afternoon grand final games, or do you prefer it of a night time like they have it now? So all up, there was six hundred and four votes. Just so a couple. The, yeah, just a couple. So with the winner getting seventy one point six percent of the Oof, votes, not even close. No, and that winner was the afternoon game. So that afternoon game had 432 votes compared to the nighttime game with 172. So like like I said previously, like I prefer the afternoon game. Like just just from back in the day, you know, it's just you can set your whole day around it. Um, you know, you have a barbecue, you have some people over. It's just a really good afternoon and good vibe for the day. I do understand why they've moved it. It's a lot of money in the habit of a night time. And people that do work on the weekends, it's good stuff. They get to get home and watch it. But um, I prefer the afternoons. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I 100% think that the afternoon game is a better spectacle. Um, there's less dew on the ball. So to me, it's a, a better brand of football. Um Look, I, I, I get that a nighttime game may build a better atmosphere, you know, fireworks, flames, lasers, all, all of that crap. Um, I get that the atmosphere might be better, but as a night's game, we know that's not 100% true. Um, to me, a three o'clock afternoon game has just as much atmosphere as a eight o'clock Friday night game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 100% an afternoon grand final man have a barbecue a couple of drinks friends family um yes you 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 might still have work the next day or whatever but there's a bit more of a gap rather than the game finishing at say 10 at night and then getting up at say five in the morning again for work so yep afternoon man yeah and there's another good point too which i'll bring up in a second because um i have a look at some of the comments so i'll just read a couple of the ones out um i've only grabbed three uh, I was trying to grab some people because some people did say nighttime. Obviously, they like the nighttime game, but most yep. people that commented on the nighttime game just said, "Yeah, I like nighttime." They didn't really go into too much detail why. <laughs> so, um, uh, but there was three people. So the first one was Travis Shakespeare, and he pretty much got straight to the point. Um, he said he likes the afternoon, um, getting shit face, um, and you can still have an early night. So, mm. you know, that's fair. That's fair, Travis. Um, I think a lot of people will be on the same line. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was just saying. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, you've got Mary Engelman. Uh, she said she likes the afternoon games like it was for years before the powers that be stuffed it up. So mm. I guess she's talking more about, you know, the mon- the money, monetary reasons, you know, for for that over the what the fans want. You know, it's fair enough. Um, Jace Muller, Muller, sorry about that. Um, I actually prefer 5 p.m. Can still have a barbecue at lunch and uh, the sun's down at full time. And this is a point I wanted to get to. He also says, good for adults to get on the source and early enough for the kids to watch the game. I really feel too like they're trying to appeal to 
families and kids. The kids are the next generation are going to take our game to the next level and keep it growing. Having Big dog's it, gone uh, to bed by then. Yeah, how about like 8 o'clock of a nighttime kickoff? Because if mm. it's 7.30, by the time you have like all the pyrotechnics and all that stuff, 8.30, quarter past 8 sometimes before they get a kickoff. The young kids, you can't have six-year-olds. They're falling asleep before the game's finished. Yeah. It's like, so it is, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think that's a big thing in, in itself. So, yep. But, um, yeah, so I think the decisive winner would be afternoon. Do I see it going back to the afternoon? No. Oh, I've got another one, Storky. Um, be- believe it or not, the 01 Grand Final, our 01 Grand Final was the first nighttime Grand Final. So, let me put this to you. When everyone says the 97 Grand Final is better than the 01, does the afternoon have something to do with that? I think it does. Going back to what we originally talked about um, at the start of it, Grand Final Day. It felt like a yep. whole day, Grand Final Day. Now it just feels like, oh, it's Sunday and the Grand Final's on tonight. You know what I mean? And that pretty much says, you know, says everything we need to know. So, so yeah, just throwing that out there. It was something a little bit different. So, I like it. And now it's uh, time to answer some questions, Stalker. You've got heaps this week in this week's Late Mail. Late mail, last one for the year, Storky. It's a, it's a little, little sad. Um, it's been a great segment this year. We've, we've had plenty of people send in questions throughout the year. I, I can't think of, you know, what's been the best one or uh, which ones we've kind of just looked at and went, mm, no. Um, it, it, I'm going to give a few, yeah. Adrian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let, let's get into it. The last late mail of the year. Let's go for it. So first off, you got Craig Shaw. So apart from the Knights Grand Final, what are your blokes' top three Grand Final moments? All right, had a had a good think about this one. Um, I'll, I'll go through them three. Three being obviously um, my third favorite. <laughs> for those playing at home who don't know what number three means, um, Scott Sattler. The tackle on Todd Byrne in the 03 Grand Final when he just he comes across out of nowhere and, and, and tackles him into touch. That's my number three moment. My number two is the Benji Marshall flick pass from 2005. Um, I think everyone will you know remember that moment, just the, the old flick uh, inside. Yeah. And number one, the reason I've gone for this is because it has... Um, that 1997 vibe it's all about the vibe um and yeah it, it just felt like ours uh the thurston field goal so in the 2000- um, i didn't really have any order per yep. se with mine but um i'll just go through it was a 1989 canberra raiders versus the balmain tigers yes it was I still a great remember one. yeah i still remember being a little grommet watching that one um and there was one point difference in overtime and melbourne inga scooped up the ball passed it to steve jackson uh, who had a mammoth effort, you know, bumped off about three or four um, Balmain players to go in to win 19 to 14. Um, the other one actually had, um, has Canberra in it as well. It was the 1991 Panthers versus Raiders grand final. Mm. Um, short drop off um, by the Raiders, backfired. Um, Mark Guy somehow ended up with the ball, did a, had a great effort, um, got it to Roycey Simmons who went over for one of the tries, which has now been, you know, etched in history, him jumping up and 
doing the old fist pump, if I remember mm. rightly. Yep. Uh, but to uh, make the score 1912. So I remember that one very fondly. Um, and my other one too was exactly the same as yours, the 2015 Cowboys versus Brisbane Grand Final. Yep. Now I'll tell you someone who's probably not their favorite Grand Final, and that's Ben Hunt. <laughs> I think um, if I remember rightly, that was the game he dropped the mm. ball right at the end of the game. Yeah, so, yep. yeah, right before the um, match-winning field goal. Yeah, probably still having nightmares about that one. So, I but yeah, so. like you said, just that grand final, uh, not grand final. So that field goal, um, yeah, that was exciting. And at the time, the Cowboys hadn't won a grand final, so the Cowboys were like the underdogs. So mm. that was um, yeah, that was my top three. Yeah, my yeah, loved it. Pass. Now, Adrian, Adrian's uh, finally got a question through. With the departure of Connor Watson, do you think Mitch Barnett should be our lock in 2022? If not, who? Um, I'll keep it short. I'll say yes. Um, give him a go. He's played um, that position. He's like he's familiar with the lock position, so mm. it's not like you're throwing someone totally new in there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, I'll say, yeah, yeah, give it a go. He's, he's versatile. He's not just, um, you know, he's not quick on his feet or anything, like not, not quick on his feet. So, yeah, I'll give him a go. Yep, I'm the same as you. Um, a Fitzy, Frizzell and Barney back row sounds pretty good to me. If not, uh, Sayaso Sue uh, did really well in lock when him and Connor were doing that weird, you know, swapping between yeah. the two. Um, so, you know, Barney, Frizzell, Sue back row to me, uh, that works as well. So I'll take either of those. Okay. Uh, next one, Joel Southgate, the uh, heavyweight Newcastle Knights champion, the man with the belt. Mm. Um, uh, so knows his, he's a big wrestling fan himself, knows where. So he's given us a wrestling question. If you had to describe the Knights season in one WWE catchphrase, what would it be? <sighs> now, don't judge me on how well I do this. Um, Laura, let me let me get in the character for a second. <clears throat> I'm hoping you don't do the same as me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, damn. <laughs> old old Farouk, uh, Ron Simmons. Yeah, um, Ron Simmons, that's classic. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I just feel like at the end of most of our games, if there was just a little clip of him just going, "Damn," I I just completely accept that. Oh, that's great. Mm. Mine was actually along the same lines, though. Um, mine was, uh, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The what chant? Because I seem to find myself during a lot of the games, you know, in sections of games going, what? Yep. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, hands up in the air just like this going, what? Yep. <laughs> yeah, what? So, yeah, I went with the Stone Cold what chant with that one. So, yep. yeah, I love yours. Yours was good. Yours yeah, was yeah. Good. You can see a bit of thought went into went into those. Um, now, this is a long question by Blake Smith. It's a great question. What do you think the game wants to be? With crackdowns on tackling high, wanting to increase the speed of the game while still slowing down the plays with scrums and interchanges, will we end up seeing the elimination of scrums altogether? Will that ruin the game we originally fell in love with? It is a good question. It's a bit of a tough one, too. Yeah, um, I struggled. Yeah, because we could literally be here for the next hour. And yeah. This one. So I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. But, um, yes, I think scrums will evade, uh, eventually get pushed to the side. I don't think they really serve that much of a purpose besides setting up the line, which a yeah. lot of um, teams are doing at the moment. So if they do keep them, it would be for that reason. But it's... 
yeah, it's kind of defeats the purpose of the actual scrum. So I think, unfortunately, they will get rid of them. I wish they'd bring back, you know, the challenging scrums, um, you know, which like they used to be, but I can't see it happening. Um, as far as what they want the game to be and is it ruining the game we love, look, everything everything evolves. Um, the game is evolving. It's in another one of those periods, I feel, where it's evolving again. It's trying to find its feet, trying to find the new, um, new ground, basically, uh, moving forward with it. So as much as I miss some elements from the old game, I'm still watching the footy and I'm still loving it. Some things are annoying me, like the crusher tackles, people milking and stuff like that. But that's yeah. no different than back in the 90s or going back to the 80s. There was things that would have annoyed me and other people back then as well. So you're never going to be 100% happy. Yeah, I'm still enjoying my footy. Moving forward, though, I think one thing they will come into it, just um, a bit of a premonition, I'm going to predict that in the future – they're going to make headgear leader. Like every player has to have headgear. I just think mm. with the, what they put, they're putting on this focus on, um, you know, the head and concussions and yep. HIAs. I feel that's just a natural progression. And I think that headgear actually is something that's probably going to be looked at and yeah, maybe something that's part of the uniform moving forward. I'll tell you what, mate. Um, I'd hate to see the long answer if that was your, your, your short answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that well, was- mate, I could, I can keep going. I have 15 other points here if you want. <laughs> yeah, go for it. No, um, look, I, I, I definitely haven't um, put as much thought into into my answer as you have. But um, look, the game doesn't know what it wants to be. The refs don't know. The bunker don't know. Um, you know, players don't even know the rules anymore, just watching a 2040 roll over the sideline. So, look, scrums, if, if we just want to have the conversation on scrums, to me, I believe a scrum should only be in the game when the ball has gone into touch. Um, so if someone's put a kick in into touch, um, the play's already stopped. The play's already stopped. The ball's 50 metres down the down the field. At that point, you can have a scrum. I feel like that's that's an acceptable time to have a scrum. To me, a knock-on doesn't need to be a scrum. If they've knocked it on and the ball's right there, just have the other team stand where the ball is and play it. Like to me, to me, knock-ons and stuff like that don't need to be scrums anymore. I'm happy just for them to be um, play the ball, get on with life. Um, but yes, over the, over the sideline, I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind a, a set play. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me. Pretty much right, so no good answer. Mm. Um, not as long as mine. No, sorry, mate. That <laughs> was the extended edition, as we always talk about. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so we've got one more question. So this is actually um, a quite interesting one, too. It's from um, one of our favourites of the show, uh, Noah Hales. Yep. Writes in every week. It's like he's got his own position to get a question read out now. It's at that point. Um, what inspired you guys to make a Newcastle Knights podcast? That is a really good question. Um at the start of the year, I think um, I originally put out like a a bit of a promo type thing explaining this, but that was when we had like maybe three fans, uh, three likes on Facebook, um, and then it was deleted not long after that because the show basically changed rapidly to to what it was going to be. Um, but look, I I had this idea in mind basically because I'd worked with the club before. Um, doing doing commercials um i was lucky enough to be chosen to represent the club to go down and uh feature on a 
what was, what was that show called? Uh, uh, League Life, know. League Life on, on so. Fox but League. Um, home and away. Home, yeah, exactly. I, I was in an episode of Home and Away in my Knights jersey. No, I, um, I got to feature in an episode um, of League Life on on Fox League, um, represent the club, and I just thought that as much as there's there there is other Knights podcasts out there, um, I just I had in my mind being a voice for the fans. So if the fans had a had a thought, had a random thing, send it in to us and we'll get it out there and we'll get people talking about that. That was that was one of the main things I wanted to wanted to do and it's something that we haven't really done. Um, we kind of do it with these questions. But yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to give the voiceless a voice, if that makes sense. That's a very CM Punk thing to say, but that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to be that platform between the club and the fans. Um, whether that's what we actually are right now, I, I don't know, but that's where I wanted to go. Yeah, and my story is um, to get to this point, uh, well, I'm very different um, to Sean's. I actually uh, was more like a freelance, only going to fill in. Mm. And then um, it wasn't literally until possibly two weeks, maybe, was it, Sean, before our very first episode. Yeah. Um, thanks to my lovely mum and dad. Um, they were able to help out with a bit of babysitting, and I was able to commit full time. So, Like I was saying, you I've weren't had, even in any of the promos. I wasn't. I wasn't mm. in any of it. So literally two weeks before the show kicked off, um, I was able to commit to it and um, loved it ever since. Have fun every week doing it. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just been great. And uh, just wait until next year. It's all we've gone through ups and downs and changes and things through the year in our sophomore year. But next year, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big some one. Big changes. Mm. Some big changes. Yep. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. But uh, thanks a lot for all your questions. As I say every week, thanks for all your questions and all your questions throughout the year. So, we love getting them. We love all the great ones. We love the night's questions. We love the weird wrestling questions and the weird, weird, weird questions. Um, and just, we can't thank you enough for being a part of the show. This segment is really you guys being a part of the show. This yeah. and something a little bit different. They're the two segments. We love you guys to be involved. So, um, we just say thanks for that. So, um, uh, let's have a look at the grand final preview. Hey, and let's yeah. um, have a look at our grand, grand final. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. We were just talking about, you know, the advantage and disadvantage of the afternoon and nighttime games. 7.30 p.m. We have the NRL Grand Final between the Penrith Panthers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium for the first time ever. Should be awesome, Storky. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, the Rabbitohs ended up beating the Eagles, you know, quite convincingly, you know, unfortunately for me. Mm. Um, the Penrith Panthers, you know, won a very close, you know, like I said last week, it ended up, you know, being tighter than my pre-lockdown clothing. I told it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a very tight one. So, um, you know, Melbourne went down, you know, the clouds cleared and they were gone. Um, so how do you see this one going, Sean? Well, look, um, I think it's going to be going to be an awesome game. Um I'm, like you said, I was on the Melbourne bandwagon, so this time I'm on the South's bandwagon. Um, so that might mean Panthers is going to win. We don't don't really know. Um, but look, yeah, if if the Panthers play like they did against Melbourne, they're going to go a very long way in this grand final. Um, to me, to me, I think um, 
Panthers would have to be the favourites here. For what they did to Melbourne, um, they, 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 they look too strong. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win, but you, you would just have to say on the back of the last, you know, each team's performance last week, it's hard to ignore how well Penrith did. Yeah, so don't tell me who you think is going to win yet because we'll put that in, lock it in, and yes. down the track. But um, yeah, I'm the same. I'm. It's going to be a good game. Um, I've got you know some some fans. Yeah, well, not fans. I've got friends. Sorry, I've got a few friends that are. Um, You've got plenty of fans, Storky. I got fans. Yeah, around the house. Turn them on. <laughs> it's getting warmer in the house, so I turn them on and off every now and then. Um, but um, yeah, I've got one friend. Um, her name's Megan, who I used to work with, and her little fella. Like he's only a young little fella. It's the biggest South fan you would ever seen. Every time I see photos of him, he's wearing the red and the green, or out kicking the footy and watching the footy. So for him, you know, I'd love for Rabbitohs to win, but yeah, we'll um, we'll see what happens, eh? Yes, and look, Sunnyside Tavern key matchup. It's the last one. Um, want to thank the Sunnyside Tavern for being involved with this segment this year. Um, I can't go past Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds. I just feel like, you know, they're the captains. I feel like they're going to be a huge, huge part of um, their team. If if they are to win, they're going to have to play really good. To me, uh, Cleary has the best kicking game in the comp, like I was saying. He can get his chin over the ball better than anyone else. He can control that ball better than anyone else. But if if you had to say who was second to Cleary in best kicking ga- second best kicking game in the comp, it's Adam Reynolds. And Adam Reynolds is, I think he's in the best form of his life. If if I'm yeah. if if I'm the Rabbitohs, I am extremely upset that I've lost Adam Reynolds. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's my himself. yeah absolutely. So that's my Sunnyside Tavern key matchup this week: the halfbacks, the captains. Incredible matchup, I believe. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that's going to be a great, great matchup. So, so yeah, like I said before, you know, we were going to get. Um, didn't want to hear who you think would win because at the moment we're moving into the lock it in. Yes, last so one. We're gonna, yeah, last one. Yes, I think we should make this one a little bit more. Yeah, uh, a little bit more interesting. Eh? Let's let's make this one interesting. Um, I've I've got a couple of cartons um, down here, obviously. For our from our wonderful friends in Steel City, but I'm thinking because we're both going to be going for a different team. You've you've told me during the week that um you're on on the Panthers bandwagon for this game, and I may have just blurted it out a little bit, but I'm on the on the Souths bandwagon. I want Souths to win, so I'm thinking if the Panthers win, I owe you. A case of Steel City. I'll, I'll go out and I'll buy you a case of Steel City in your uh, whether you want the blue pale ale or the or the silver bullet. Um, and same thing. If Souths win, you owe me a case of Steel City. Sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal, my friend. So let's um. And just the reason I uh been going for Penrith. Uh, I just think that uh, being a Penrith, if you're a Penrith fan, they get there twice and lose twice. That's- mm. They say, you know, us Knights fans wouldn't know because we're a hundred percent. Yep. But you got to lose. You got to lose one to win one. So. Yeah. yeah and, gonna, and I just said. Exactly, and that's just, the reason yeah. why I'm going for Souths because I think it'd be hilarious. And um, <laughs> my my sister in law is a huge Panthers fan, and I just think it would be absolutely hilarious to watch them get there again and then just crumble. 
So, <laughs> uh, well, whoever wins the end of the day, let's hope we get a really good game, an exciting game like we did last week. So, yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top, both in the grand final and in that bet. We will will um, have to post a little video of, of someone receiving their carton of carton of beer, their prize. But that's it for another show. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget that competition. Um, all you have to do, like we are saying before, is subscribe. That's the big one, subscribe. If you don't subscribe, you're not in it. It doesn't matter if you've liked the page and followed the Instagram. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel, you, you, your vote doesn't, your, your entry does not count. Um, and then the second one is also like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You've only got uh, one, one week left, exactly one week left. This time next week, you'll be hearing one of us say, and the winner is, insert name here. Yeah, you sounded a bit like T Pain when you said the winner then. The winner. But um, <laughs> you want me to yeah, auto tune also... myself a little bit, do you? You did. It sounded good. I was just like getting ready to get down. But um, <laughs> yeah, let's also not forget about the McGrath Foundation, the walk yes. we have coming up. We mentioned earlier in there. So donations, donations are plenty. Send your donations in. It's a great cause. So many people know, um, you know, someone who's been been affected by this. So. Yeah. Make sure you do donations. Like Sean said, we'll be getting there. We'll be donning the pink. Um, he'll even have a pink mullet. So yes, and I'm hoping back. you'll um, you'll put some pink in that beard of yours. Yeah, just may. So um, uh, yeah, we'll be pinking it all out, and we'll be there. So yeah, like I said, just um, dig deep, donate. Absolutely. Awesome. Anyway, like I was just saying, that's it for another week. Don't just have a good night. Have a Newcastle night. Like brothers in arms, we're more than a team. And the heart of a say we wear on our sleeves for the red and the blue. Like, Till the end, we <laughs> will fight. Sing along, live the Newcastle Knights. Long live the Newcastle Knights. Long live the Newcastle Knights for the red. And the blue till the end we will fight Singing long live the Newcastle Knights